0: Shalom, brothers and sisters, I'm Brother Sid of the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson is clarity is key. Clarity is key, brothers and sisters. According to biblical literature, it is entirely plausible that one can have their eyes open and not see clearly. Today, we will use scripture to give us resolve and understanding the prophetic times we find ourselves in. The clarity is found within biblical literature, brothers and sisters, and we intend to find it. We're going to go to Jeremiah. We're going to start off in Jeremiah chapter 30. We're going to read verse seven and eight, brothers and sisters. Clarity is key. Jeremiah 30 and 7 reads, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. We're here at Jeremiah 30, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read seven again. Verse seven reads, Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So in verse seven, he magnifies the time of distress for Israel. Israel is Jacob. It's it's called Jacob's trouble. So this time will be unparalleled in history, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Let's read that again. Verse seven reads, Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So the times we find ourselves in, brothers and sisters, according to biblical literature, has been designated the name Jacob's Trouble. We know the secular world calls it the New World Order, but the Bible gives it clarity because the trouble is designed to entrap Jacob, brothers and sisters. Now, of course, other people will fall through the snares also, but it's designed for specific people, and those are the children of Israel or the children of Jacob. Therefore, it would be important, it would be imperative that whoever the children of Jacob or Israel are, they understand their identity, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read Jeremiah 30 and 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Now, verse eight is critical that we understand because it's telling you this Jacob's trouble is the most high trying to break off the yoke from the children of Israel. That yoke is when you had slaves, there would be a chain around his neck. And it would lock to his hands all the way down to his feet and be wrapped around his waist. So the Bible is telling you, in order to free the children of Israel, what has to happen? There has to be trouble. There has to be a time of Jacob's trouble. And it says, listen, he will be saved. And strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. See, that's the key. The other nations have served themselves through us, brothers and sisters. We've built every empire. We serve the Egyptians building. We serve the Babylonians. We serve the Persians. The Babylonians is modern day Iraq. The Persians is modern day Iran. We serve the Greeks, Alexander the Greek, Antiochus Epiphany. We're serving the Romans today. We've built their empires, brothers and sisters. They've used us to uphold their religions. Who's a better Muslim than a black man? (laughs) who's a better Catholic than a Hispanic? Who's a better Christian than the children of Israel? See, they've gotten rich off of us, you know, purchasing their Christmas trees, purchasing their pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. They've gotten rich off of what? Their paganism. See, now that we understand we're Israel, the number of Christmas trees being sold has dwindled immensely brothers and sisters our people are now no longer celebrating pagan easter which have nothing to do with christ we're no longer celebrating thanksgiving which is what it's a mockery of the slaughter of our brethren the tribe of gad the north american indians you slaughter a people and then make a day to commemorate it how would black people feel if there was a National Slaves Day and that was celebrated. See, so you slaughter the people and then make a holiday on their land to remind them of it. So it's telling you the strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. I'm going to read those two scriptures again. Jeremiah 30 and 7 reads, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, it is even The time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it for it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds. And strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. We're going to jump to verse 11, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 30 and 11 reads, for I am with thee, saith the Lord. To save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have scattered thee, the children of Israel have been scattered. Yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee all together unpunished. So according to verse 11, Jacob's trouble is described as a time of discipline for his people, brothers and sisters. This prophecy of unprecedented difficulty for Jacob's descendants will be what? It will be reproof. It'll be correction, brothers and sisters, because if there's any time where, you know, we needed to come back to the most high and be protected underneath, excuse me, under the the laws that he have commanded us, it will be now, brothers and sisters. Many of us will be destroyed through Jacob's trouble. Because most of our people do not want to follow the most high God. They have their minds wrapped around, you know, wrapped around carnality. The Bible is telling you what we will bear the brunt of this difficult time. We're going to read verse 11 again. Jeremiah 30 and 11 reads, For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations whether I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. See? So Israel, the Most High is going to use this time and with the empires of the earth, the governments are doing strategically to destroy us. A lot of the wicked of our people will be exterminated, brothers and sisters. It shows you how great God is, how great, how how the most high God could utilize the evil of other nations, other empires to correct his own children. Brothers and sisters. So if there was any time for submission, today is that time, brothers and sisters. Today is the time to submit. So, brothers and sisters, as we've just read Jeremiah 30 verses seven and eight emphasize a time of distress for the children of Israel that will also be used as a correction tool by the most high God in regards to our people. So at this point, it's time to start following the most high brothers and sisters, because if you don't, you will lack his protection. If you operate under his laws, there's a certain protection that come with that, brothers and sisters. It's just like in America they have a constitution, as long as you operate within the parameters of their law, you're protected by your constitutional rights. Now, if you decide to operate on the outside of the laws that have been implemented, then you lose that protection. Same way it is in the Bible, brothers and sisters. So Jacob's trouble is, it's not coming in the future. It's here, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 50. We're going to read verse 33 and 34, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 50 and 33 reads, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. Now why is there shown why is there showing a divide between between who this scripture calls the children of Israel and the children of Judah? Because after Solomon, brothers and sisters, our our nation was split into two kingdoms. You had the northern kingdom, which are predominantly the Hispanic and Native tribes, and then you had the southern kingdom of Judah, who were the, the black tribes, brothers and sisters. So it says All 12 of the tribes of Israel, the Hispanic native, uh, some of the people you would think are Asians and the blacks were oppressed together. We're going to read that again. Verse 33 reads, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed and all that took them captives, held them fast. They refused to let them go. So verse 33 magnifies the nation's defiance in relinquishing their authority over us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it would be economically irresponsible for our conquerors to surrender their dominion to us, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Jeremiah chapter 50 and 33 reads, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel, And the children of Judah were oppressed together, and all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. So what we're seeing transpire all through the earth, brothers and sisters, is how the Most High frees us. This is the Most High's method of freeing his children, brothers and sisters. Because why? They're not going to allow us to walk away. That would be naive to think that the nations who have had dominion over us and have had their elevated position by standing on our backs is now going to allow us to walk away from them, brothers and sisters. Is now going to allow us to walk off the plantation free without fear for our life, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 50 and 34 reads, their redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause that he may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. So here it's telling you he's going to disquiet America, brothers and sisters, and those who live in America. And here we are today. America have no rest right now. Not only are they operating on this wall to separate Mexico, they're in the midst of war talks with Iran. And what comes after that? This orchestrated coronavirus, brothers and sisters, that now has many cities and states within the borders of, within the borders of America on lockdown. State of emergency. All non essential businesses closed. See? Why is he doing this? In order to free us. Why? Let's go back to verse 33. Verse 33 reads Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. See, so this is how the most high operates in order to free his children, brothers and sisters. He's going to shake America up. He's going to shake America up. Why? Because you refuse to let my children go. The natives that they stole the land from. The Hispanics that they're now separating from their families, thrown in cages based on some paperwork. Saying, well, you know. You don't have the proper paperwork to be here. You're not paying your taxes. You're taking jobs from Americans. What what papers did the Edomites or the quote unquote white man have when he came and stole the land? So what they do is they take the land and then implement laws against what they've already done. So it's okay for you know it's okay when it's you <laughs> who are gonna benefit, but when it's other people, especially Israel. When someone else is going to benefit, now you have to implement legislation to restrict them. Not only that would happen. Cotton fields, picking peas, picking cotton. See? You're seeing this, brothers and sisters. So, according to this text here, the Most High anticipates a Gentile objection to liberating our people, brothers and sisters. See? This scripture is anticipatory. Of their refusal to relinquish. Now the question is. Why would they refuse to let us go. Brothers and sisters. Why? The answer is in Romans. Brothers and sisters. Paul. Had something that was very profound. That we have to take a look at here. In order to understand. Why, why won't they let Israel go? Why won't they let Israel go? Only thing you have to do is go back in history and look at Pharaoh. What did Moses tell Pharaoh? Let my people go. And what did he do? He refused. His heart was hardened. So this what we're seeing here is nothing new, brothers and sisters. But in order to give you some resolve to understand why Jeremiah 50 is saying they refuse to let us go. Let me read that one more time. Let me read verse 33 just to set it up flawlessly for you to get the understanding. Jeremiah 50 and 33 reads, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together and all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. So now the question is, why are they refusing to? To let us go, brothers and sisters. And the answer is Romans chapter 11, verse 12. We have to go to the epistles of Paul for the answer, brothers and sisters. Romans 11 and 12 reads, now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Let me read that again. Now with the fall of them, who is them? The Israelites be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So according to Paul, Israel's sin brought the riches to all the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Israel's sin was the precursor that led to the glory of the other nations, brothers and sisters. They understood this. When we fail, They assumed power. They assumed riches and glory and honor through our fall, brothers and sisters. So the consequences of our disobedience resulted in the exaltation of the Gentile nations, brothers and sisters. See, this is why they're refusing. It would be economically irresponsible for them to allow us to just waltz away. Remember, Jeremiah 50 and 33 said they refuse to relinquish. Why? Let's read verse 12 again. Romans 11 and 12 reads, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the, the, diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So the Bible is telling you here, That if they got rich off our fall, how much richer will we be if we come back to the most high? Why? Because the fall of Israel was the richest blessing for the rest of the world. And they understand this. This is why they perpetually keep us in sin. They advertise it to us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if we continue to sin, they stay on top of us. They keep their foot on our neck, brothers and sisters. See, they continue to rule all the jewelry, all the gold came from Solomon's temple, brothers and sisters. That's our gold. All the wealth belonged to Israel at one time. And they understand when we fail at that time, they had an elevated position and they would be hard pressed to relinquish that elevated position. They've killed for less. What you're seeing here is a fight for rulership. Brothers and sisters, a fight for power, brothers and sisters. And the Most is saying, listen, you're going to have to go through this, Israel. What you're seeing, the wars, the sicknesses, the pestilence, the famine, you're going to have to go through that. Why? Because I'm trying to free you. And this is what freedom looks like, Israel. So listen, we, you know, our church, those who learn from us, we're not frightened in the least. Because we understand what's going on. We see clearly. We have to make sure everyone else does also, especially the children of Israel. 2020 vision, brothers and sisters. Spiritual vision, that is. Let's go to Isaiah 51, verse 22 and 23. Listen to this clearly, brothers and sisters, because Romans said. When we fell, the earth, the other nations on the earth got rich. Isaiah 51 and 22 reads, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the dredges of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. So here it is. He's telling you. Israel, everything that I put you through, the chastisement, the beatings, the whippings is now going to come to an end. We're going to read 22 and 23 again. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the dredges of the cup of my fury that thou shalt no more drink it again. But I will put it into the hands of them that afflict thee, which have said to thy soul, what did they say? Bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. So in this powerful prophecy, God has put into the hands of all the nations a cup of trembling, brothers and sisters. The calamities which Israel has suffered, the Most High, would now transfer to our foes, brothers and sisters. See? So according to this literature here, our condition will be speedily changed and our enemies will be severely punished. I'm going to read verse 23 again. Isaiah 51 and 23 reads, But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee. Which have said to thy soul, bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground, and as the street to them that went over. So it's telling you these other nations have walked over us. Told us to lay down so they can stand on top of us. See? This is in the Bible, brothers and sisters. And this is why we will never put this book down. Because the Bible illustrates the oppression of black Hispanic and native people brothers and sisters see so the other nations can act as if everything's all equal. equality does not exist brothers and sisters you have those who are ruling and those who are those who are in subjection to the rulership the current administration. This scripture tell you that they told us to bow down, lay down. We're going to walk over top of you. There's a puddle there. I need you to lay in that puddle so I don't get my shoes wet. See. And those of us who follow the law understand. This is not supposed to be And the only way to change. This is to operate within the parameters of God's instruction. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 6 and 7. Jeremiah 50, verse 6 reads, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. So he throws the blame on the shepherds. By whom the people, our people that is, have been led astray. Telling you, listen, you can eat whatever you want. Dog, cat, rat, crab, swine, no matter. You can eat anything. There's no law. There's no dietary law. That's done away with. Well, listen, don't worry about the Sabbath. You can do it on Sunday as long as you give God a day. Well, actually, we know Christ's birthday is not December 25th, but we're going to celebrate it anyway. See, the Most High is calling out the shepherds, these Christian pastors. Christianity is the most dangerous religion on the earth, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Islam, they tell you they don't deal with Christ. Buddhism, they tell you, listen, we don't deal with Christ. All the other religions, even Satanism, they let you know up front, we don't believe in the Bible, we don't believe in Christ. The danger of Christianity is... They claim they're representing Christ and teaching lies. So usually when a person come in representation of Christ, your guard is down. See, but that's really where Satan is doing his best work through Christianity, brothers and sisters. See, it was through the law. That we fail. Because our Christian pastors have done What? They've told us to disregard the law. It's Old Testament. Christ came so you could do whatever you want. I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. Verse seven reads, all that found them have devoured them and their adversaries said, we offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. The habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. So all the heathens declare that we deserve extreme punishment. See, our adversaries claim justification as instruments of God's judgment. I'm going to read that again. Verse seven reads, listen clearly. All that found them have devoured them and their adversaries said, what did they say? We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their father. So they're like, well, listen, you broke the law. I'm just taking advantage of your disobedience. See? And the Christian pastors are helping this, brothers and sisters. They're part of Satan's plan. Understanding that they feel like they've done nothing wrong. Why? Because we disobeyed the Most High God. And since you disobeyed Him, hey, get up under my foot. (laughs) See? This is why we try to encourage our brothers and sisters to start reading that Bible again and start following the laws that you're reading. I'll read it again. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse six reads, my people have been lost sheep. The shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them. And their adversaries said, we offend not because they have sinned against the Lord the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. See? So our adversaries, our enemies, claim justification. We didn't make you do the dirt. We didn't make you fornicate. We just, you know, we just advertised it, right? We didn't make you go join a gang. We just publicized it as something cool through the rap music. See, we didn't make you sell the cocaine or shove it up your nose. We just put the brick, the brick of, you know, cocaine in your neighborhood. We didn't make you do anything with that. See? See, brothers and sisters. It's time to come back. That's why the Most High had us put this lesson together, because he wanted us to be able to resolve prophecy with clarity, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark chapter 13. We're going to read verse 19 and 20, brothers and sisters. This was future prophecy. Mark 13 and 19 says, for in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. I'm going to read verse 19 again, brothers and sisters. Mark 13 and 19 reads, For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. So the near future holds tremendous calamities, brothers and sisters. And afflictions are God's hired labors to break the clods of unsubmissiveness. So he's telling you the time that's coming, Jacob's trouble, those days of affliction will be like nothing you've ever seen. Nothing that's ever been chronologized in history. I'm going to read verse 20 again. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. So this is an indication that calamities would come sooner than expected. Because he said, listen, I had to shorten the days because if I didn't, Satan would have destroyed you all. So, according to this text, many will be unsuspecting. Why? Because if the Most High did not intervene, none would remain alive. And I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, especially over the last few weeks, why I didn't think it was going to happen that quick. I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime. How many times have you heard that, brothers and sisters? See, that's their way (laughs) of, uh, of justifying not responding to what they're hearing or what they're learning. Well, yeah, I believe it's going to happen. Not in my lifetime, though. Why? So that means you don't have to do anything. (laughs) See, even with the calamities that we find today of this coronavirus and lockdown and all of this stuff, brothers and sisters, and the talks of warfare with the Middle East. People say, well, I didn't think it was going to happen this quick. Yeah, that's because you didn't want to do anything. It's time to start operating. Like Christ could be here tomorrow. Brothers and sisters. See, people still want to do what they want to do. That's really what it is. Brothers and sisters. They, they think they have more time. Listen, I know the truth. I'm going to go back into the world, have a little fun, get this money. And I already have the truth so I can come back. You go back out there, you're going to get caught in them deep waters. Because he said he had to shorten the time. So the time you think you have, you really don't have. And he did that for our sake, brothers and sisters. He did that for our sake. We're going to go to 1st Ezra. No, excuse me. Let's go to 2nd Ezra. Chapter 16, brothers and sisters. We're going to jump around a little bit here. So write down these scriptures, brothers and sisters. We're not going to go through the whole chapter 16. But there's a myriad of scriptures that we're going to hit. Listen closely. 2nd Ezra chapter 16 verse 1, woe be unto Babylon in Asia, woe be unto thee Egypt in Syria. So here he's he's highlighting who he's talking to. Number 1, America aka Babylon in Asia, in Egypt and Syria brothers and sisters. He's saying woe destruction. Jump to 2nd Ezra 16 and 5. Verse 5 reads, Plagues are sent unto you. And what is he that may drive them away? So the Most High is saying, Listen, part of my judgment will be pestilence. And no one will be able to stop my judgment. Verse 6. May any man drive away a hungry lion in the wood? Or may anyone quench the fire in stubble? When it had begun to burn. So the Most High is saying, when I unleash my divine judgment, there is no man, there is no woman or government that will be able to quell my indignation. So he's telling you, listen, I'm going to send plagues. I'm going to send pestilence and disease. I'm going to read verse five and six again of 2nd Ezra 16. Verse five reads, Plagues are sent unto you, and what is he that may drive them away? May any man drive away a hungry lion in the wood, or may anyone quench the fire in stubble when it hath begun to burn? So what man could fight off a hungry lion? See? Jump to verse 14, brothers and sisters. Second Ezra 16, verse 14. Brothers and sisters reads Behold the plagues are sent and shall not return again until they come upon the earth. Are you understanding this, brothers and sisters? The most high is going to send plagues, pestilence, disease, and famine on the earth as a judgment. And many of Israel will be taken because of our disobedience, our un excuse me, our unwillingness. To submit for our carnal mind. We're going to jump to verse 39. 2nd Ezra 16 and 39 reads. Even so shall not the plagues be slack to come upon the earth. And the world shall mourn and sorrows shall come upon it on every side. So he's telling you these plagues will come. It's already been prophesied, brothers and sisters. So what you're seeing today, brothers and sisters, what you're seeing today, you can find resolve in the Bible. Verse 40 reads, "O my people, hear my word, make ye ready to the battle. And in those evils, be as pilgrims upon the earth. See? So the Most High is telling you, you have to operate like a pilgrim, be able to move, be able to move to other countries, be able to take what you have and go relocate, be able to take what you have, you and your family and migrate to another area. Don't get comfortable, especially in the areas in which he designated in verse one, which were Babylon, America, Asia, Egypt and Syria, brothers and sisters. Why? Because all of these areas Have looked to destroy. To exterminate. The children of Israel. Be as pilgrims on the earth. And those who follow our church. Know that we've been a proponent of. Our people getting passports. If you have an interest in living. You're going to want to operate. Especially outside of America. Because America is going to be the first place to go. It's going to be the first place to go. Brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse 39 and 40 again. Even so shall not the plagues be slack to come upon the earth. And the world shall mourn and sorrow shall come upon it on every side. O my people, hear my word. Make ye ready to the battle. And in those evils be even as pilgrims upon the earth. See, now people where I'm from. People in the hood don't travel, brothers and sisters, outside of the plantation. But the Bible is telling you, it's giving you warning that if you don't broaden your, if you don't broaden your perspective, you're going to die. You're going to be overtaken if you continue to dwell in Babylon. Verse 67 says, 2nd Ezra 16 and 67 reads, behold. God himself is the judge. Fear him. Leave off from your sins and forget your iniquities to meddle no more with them forever. So shall God lead you forth and deliver you from all trouble. Look at that. He's telling you, brothers and sisters, it's time to stop perpetuating sin. It's time to come back to his law. And if you come back to his law, he will lead you. He's not going to lead somebody disobedient. If you plan on moving outside of America, but continuing to eat pork, crab, shrimp, lobster, spend money on the Sabbath, celebrate pagan holidays, you might as well stay there in America. <laughs> That's what he said. Let me read that again. Verse 67 reads, behold, God himself is the judge. Fear him. Leave off from your sins and forget your iniquities. To meddle no more with them forever. So shall God lead you forth. And deliver you from all trouble. See. So if you leave off from your sin. If you forget your iniquity. God will lead you and deliver you from all trouble. See that's the key. So it's time Israel. It's time for all people. But specifically Israel. Because Jacob's trouble is aimed towards Israel. The ethnic Israelites. See. You might as well stay right here in Babylon. If you're going to take your sin. From Babylon to another area. You might as well just stay here. Because you're going to die. Wherever you go. Let's go to 2nd Ezra 15. Brothers and sisters. Behold. Behold. We're at verse 1, excuse me, 2nd Ezra's 15 and 1. We're going to jump a little bit here because we've got a bunch of scriptures in these two chapters that we want to hit. 2nd Ezra's 15 and 1 reads, Behold, speak thou in the ears of my people the words of prophecy, which I will put in thy mouth, saith the Lord. That's what we're doing, brothers and sisters. We've been commanded to speak to our people what's written in 2nd Ezra's. Brothers and sisters, that's found in your apographer or your 1611 King James Version Bible. Every every Bible up until 1852 had the apographer within it. It was 80 books in the Bible, not 66 brothers and sisters. Up until 1850, the mid 1800s. I'm going to read verse one again. 2nd Ezra 15 and 1 reads, Behold, speak thou in the ears of my people the words of prophecy, which I will put in thy mouth, saith the Lord. We're going to jump down to verse 5 and 6. 2nd Ezra 15 and 5 reads, Behold, saith the Lord, I will bring plagues upon the world, the sword, famine, death, and destruction for wickedness have exceedingly polluted the whole earth and their hurtful works are fulfilled are you hearing this brothers and sisters the most high is going to bring plagues for the wickedness of the earth brothers and sisters and the only way to be protected is to take heed to what you're hearing brothers and sisters second Ezra 15 verse 17 through 19 reads A man shall desire to go into a city and shall not be able. That's called lockdown. That's called martial law, brothers and sisters. See, a man shall desire to go into a city and shall not be able. Now, there's a term that's going on all throughout the earth. That we've heard this term more so in the last week than all our life. And that word is, or that term is quarantine, brothers and sisters. Where they've now, in America, called state of emergency, closed down all essential businesses and say, well, listen, you need to stay six to ten feet away from everyone. Matter of fact, you need to just stay in the house. See? Let me read that again. Verse 17 reads, a man... Shall desire to go into a city and shall not be able. For because of their pride, the cities shall be troubled. The houses shall be destroyed and men shall be afraid. Verse 19 reads, a man shall have no pity upon his neighbor, but shall destroy their houses with the sword and spoil their goods because of the lack of bread and for great tribulation. So the Bible is telling you martial law is coming, brothers and sisters. And in the wake of that martial law, that impending martial law, people are going to start breaking into each other's houses, stealing food. See, they're going to be willing to murder over food and water, over toilet paper, brothers and sisters. See? Now, this coronavirus, brothers and sisters, don't look at the virus itself. Look at the legislation that's being passed. Under the cloud of darkness. Brothers and sisters. See because. That's orchestrated. What they're doing is they're putting the laws in place. Understanding that 2nd Ezra said. Plagues will come. So when those plagues come. They already have a plan in place. Why? Because they implemented it here. So they've taken a a sickness. That wasn't that severe. In history. Because we're not going to say the coronavirus isn't real. It is real. Brothers and sisters. It's been on the back of your Lysol can for the last 10 years. But what they've done is they've studied that particular sickness and made a synthetic version of it and amplified the symptoms. That's what they do in vaccines, brothers and sisters. Ask yourself this. I want you to really think closely to this. When they come up with this plethora of vaccines, what do they say? Well, we're just going to shoot a little bit of the disease Within into your bloodstream, so your blood or, or your immune system can identify it if it comes in contact with it. So the question is, where did they get the disease? Did they go catch this disease out of the air and then put it into a syringe? See, it's not organic, brothers and sisters. They're taking real diseases, studying them, and coming up with synthetic versions. How did they get it, that disease into a syringe? See, the Most High have diseases that he put on the earth, brothers and sisters. But what Satan has had them do, the Satanic Antichrist government, is study these diseases and then recreate these diseases, brothers and sisters, emulate these diseases, but amplify it. See, brothers and sisters. So now, through the state of emergency, because of the hysteria, we're going to shut down all schools. We're going to shut down all universities and non-essential businesses. Why? Because when the real plagues come, like they came in Egypt, they're going to already have these laws binding, legally binding, brothers and sisters. See? So most of us are focused on the sickness. Don't focus on the sickness, brothers and sisters. Focus on your rights that you're losing. Because once these laws go into place, they don't come off the books in, in two months when coronaviruses, no one's talking about it. See, they're very crafty, brothers and sisters. They're very subtle how they do this. They use this sickness, amplified it through the media to see if people still was, you know, if people still trusted the news. Why? Because many people stopped watching the news altogether. Because you had other outlets such as um, YouTube and some of these blogs where you're getting the real deal. So they realized people was not watching the news as much. So they did what? They came out with this false flag, brothers and sisters, to see are people still watching the news? Are, sti- are people still trusting what the teleprompter readers are telling them? It is obvious that they are. So they just wanted to make sure they could, you know, throw a little bait on the hook and you'll still take it. Because you got a lot of people that are fake woke. (laughs) That's what they call it in, in our community. Woke, brothers and sisters. Fake woke. See, they just wanted to know, do you still trust us enough to listen to our media? Focus less on that disease, brothers and sisters. And focus more on how they're telling you to stay in the house. How they can shut down the NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NFL, all universities, the Dukes of the world, the North Carolinas of the world, the Harvards of the world. They can shut all this down with the stroke of a pen. See, this is a beta test right here, brothers and sisters. They needed to put this in place because they understand, according to the Bible, plagues will come. And when those plagues come, we need to have legislation already binding. To be able to kind of control it and use it. So what they want to do is use something natural that the Most High is going to send and spin it to be able to control it and destroy more people, brothers and sisters. They're very sinister. They know they cannot stop the Most High's judgment. But what they can try to do is they can try to control it for their purposes. I'm going to read verse um, Verse fifty three, brothers and sisters, second Ezra. Second Ezra six uh, fifteen and fifty three. Second Ezra fifteen and fifty three reads If thou hadst not always slain my chosen, exalting the stroke of thine hands and saying over their dead bodies when thou wast drunken. So what is he telling you? I'm doing this why? Because of what you've done to my chosen. Matter of fact, let's let's jump back up really quick. Let's, let's jump to verse forty nine to give you understanding of what fifty three is highlighting. Second Ezra fifteen and forty nine reads I will send plagues upon thee, widowhood, poverty, famine, sword and pestilence to waste thy house with destruction and death. Brothers and sisters. See? And a lot of these famines are artificial famines that we're seeing today, brothers and sisters. See? Because they understand that if they claim, you know, uh, we're going to have to lock people down and whatever the case may be, people will run to the stores and buy everything up. See? So that's an artificially created, it's not organic famine what they're doing, brothers and sisters. They understand this. They understand when there's a shortage on food. People will start, you know, fighting each other and being stressed out. See, brothers and sisters, they're they're sitting back looking at the earth laughing. I want to make this clear. We're not saying the coronavirus doesn't exist. What we're telling you is look at the law that's in place because why? Your children are going to have to live with those laws they're implementing today. If you don't care, at least think about your children, think about your grandchildren, think about your nieces and nephews, because once these laws on the book, these laws will stay on the book, where they can tell you to stay in the house. Now they can only tell you to stay in the house if there was an epidemic, quote unquote, or a pandemic, quote unquote. They know they couldn't just come out right and just say y'all have to stay in the house, shut down all businesses. People wouldn't listen. So they had to do what? They had to magnify some type of epidemic to scare you, brothers and sisters. we going to read verse 49 and then jump to verse 53. 49 reads, I will send plagues upon thee, widowhood, poverty, famine, sword, and pestilence, to waste thy houses with destruction and death. And verse 53 reads, If thou hadst not always slain my chosen, Exalting the stroke of thine hands and sang over their dead bodies when thou wast drunken. Verse fifty six reads, "Like as thou hast done unto my chosen," saith the Lord, "even so shall God do unto thee, and shall deliver thee into mischief." We're going to read that again. Second Ezra fifteen and fifty six reads, "Like as thou hast done unto my chosen." Sayeth the Lord, even so shall God do unto thee and shall deliver thee into mischief. So he's telling you everything you're seeing on the earth is reciprocation for what the nations have done to the children of Israel. That's in the Bible. So these Gentiles, they can act as if everyone's treated equally. And, you know, we all have the same opportunities. You can act like that if you want to. But the Bible is saying something different. So if people don't see that there's a orchestrated effort, a purpose, governmental plan to keep these people down, then you don't want to see it. And if you don't want to see it, then that says more about you than it does about us. Because you only care about what affects you. Well, this is getting ready to affect you and your family. And the Bible is telling you why. Verse 56 of the fifteenth chapter of Second Ezra reads Like as thou hast done unto my chosen, saith the Lord, even so shall God do unto thee, and shall deliver thee into mischief. See? So this is recompense for all the evil you've done to our people. The most I have not forgotten. So brothers and sisters, we really need you to operate using your wisdom and allowing the Most High to direct you because you cannot trust with the same government that enslaved you is saying everything I see on the news is a lie first until it's proven. Otherwise, I'm not going to just trust you because you said it because you're corrupt. You've always been corrupt. Only thing we have to do is ask the Native American Indians. One thing we have to do is ask the Japanese that you dropped the the atomic bomb on. One thing we have to do is go ask, you know, Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, all these people you've dropped bombs on and taken over their resources. One thing we have to do is ask the Negroes that you swung off trees. See? Those are the only people we have to ask. Brothers and sisters, this is a military occupation. Pay attention. It goes to show you with the stroke of a pin how they can shut everything down. And the next time it comes, it's going to be real. It's going to be real, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Psalm 64 and 2, brothers and sisters. Psalm 64 and 2 reads, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. From the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. We're going to read that again. Psalm 64 and 2 reads, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. From the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Secret counsel is a conspiracy, brothers and sisters. So he said, hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked. And that word insurrection of the workers of iniquity The word insurrection signifies a tumultuous assembly, brothers and sisters. So it's a secret council or conspiracy, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Psalm 64 and two reads, hide me from the secret council of the wicked from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, workers of iniquity, those who make sin their daily employment, brothers and sisters. So what they're going to do is they're going to utilize this disease to operate under a cloud of darkness. This is a military operation. This is a worldwide fire drill. All of us went to school, brothers and sisters. Remember those fire drills? 99.9% of the time, there was no fire. But they needed to have, you know, a plan in place just in case. See? See? They're never caught off guard, brothers and sisters. Satan is very cunning. He's very crafty. He's not going to be caught off guard. He knows the Bible is true. He knows that plagues from the Most High are coming, that you will not be able to turn back. So what they needed to do is get a plan in place and have everyone used to this plan to say well listen if another plague come or disease you already know we have to shut everything down and everyone have to stay in the house and this time we're going to enforce that so if we catch you outside the house uh you know that's going to be a $1500 fine and 90 days in jail so what they're going to do brothers and sisters is they they're, they're going to either operate using a, a curfew or they're going to allow certain parts of the city out at certain days of the week between for three hours. So all the people that live in this metropolitan area, you can go out for three hours. They're going to they're gonna start saying those with odd tag numbers can come and get gas on certain days. See, brothers and sisters, this is what's coming. But they needed to put the laws in place now. Because they already understand the Bible prophesied the Most High is going to send plagues. So since we know the plagues are coming and we can't stop it, let's just put a plan in place for when it does come on how we can control the people. See? Examine closely, brothers and sisters. This is a fire drill, brothers and sisters. See? You remember those fire drills in school? How there was already a plan in place just in case? This is their plan, brothers and sisters. Because there's no training like real life. So the military is now being trained on when this comes again. The doctor's offices, the hospitals are now being trained. Now guess what? Most of them don't know that this is not organic, brothers and sisters. That's the only way Satan can continue to deceive. Is that of course the top, the head they understand it's not organic. But the, you know, the workers don't know that, brothers and sisters. The doctors most doctors don't know. Most military and police officers do not know. They're just soldiers for the government pretty much. You don't tell soldiers what's really going on? You just tell them what to do. See? So they're already putting the plan in place, brothers and sisters. And that's why the Mosah said, be as pilgrims on the earth. Because this was just a soft beta test, a fire drill. When they come again, they're going to come down hard, brothers and sisters. They're going to come down with full force. And I understand those of us whose jobs are still open and you're still making money, Most of us are not looking at it the way we ought to be looking at it because you feel like you're unaffected. My job is essential. I work at the hospital. I work at the grocery store. See, so usually the people who are now really being affected through the school closures or um, their their place of employment being closed down, they're looking at it as real. Those of us who, you know. By the grace of God, are still able to operate and make money, are probably not even looking at this as this will affect me. But when it comes down for real, it's going to affect everyone. And then you're going to be looking around when you should have took the time to prepare. We're going to go to Psalms 91, verse five. We're going to read five and six, brothers and sisters. Psalms 91 and 5 reads, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So, brothers and sisters, this text acknowledges that trouble will come our way but promises refuge for those who put their trust in the most high. Let's read that again. Psalms 91 and 5 reads, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So only unbelievers panic in prophetic times. Brothers and sisters, we're, we're calm. We're cool as a fan because we understand what's operating here. Brothers and sisters, Christ taught it. Christ taught it thousands of years ago that the disciples, the prophets prepared us. They warned us. Brothers and sisters, it's time to start operating using your faith, operating, utilizing your faith. Brothers and sisters, he that trusts and obey the most high will be calm. We must confide with implicit reliance upon the protection of the most high brothers and sisters. But guess what? That protection is conditional. That protection is conditional. We're going to prove that, brothers and sisters. In order to prove that his protection is conditional, you have to go to Exodus 15 and 26. Exodus 15 and 26 reads and said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. See, so obedience guarantees our preservation from disease, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Exodus 15 and 26 reads. And said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. I will put none of these diseases upon thee. I will not put any of these diseases upon thee. See? So we cannot expect to be preserved through deliberate disobedience, brothers and sisters. We cannot diminish the importance of obedience. The Most High is saying, listen, I brought plagues on Egypt to free you guys. And I'm going to bring them again. And as long as you operate within the parameters of my law, as long as you're a law abiding citizen, according to my, my literature, you will be protected. Remember the Passover. He told us clearly put blood on the doors. You'll be protected from that plague that's coming from that death angel that's coming. Those of us who acquiesced were protected. We were saved, we were delivered. Those who wanted to neglect that information, the firstborn was was killed, brothers and sisters. See? So you really need to examine that. This is the time to submit brothers and sisters. This is the time. Brothers and sisters Follow us to the book of Proverbs, chapter 7, verse 2. Proverbs 7 and 2 reads, keep my commandments and live and my law as the the apple of thine eye. I'm going to read that again. Proverbs 7 and 2 reads, keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. So conducting ourselves according to his law will preserve us, brothers and sisters, and neglecting his instruction will prove fatal. It doesn't get any clearer than this. I pulled this out to a Christian. Verse two reads, keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. So there's a necessary connection between obedience and life, brothers and sisters, especially, especially during the time of Jacob's trouble, brothers and sisters. See, we find refuge in his law. Why? Because his law was commandment in order to protect us. He didn't just give us laws for no reason, brothers and sisters. The God that will judge us in the end Understand what we will be judged on. So he's giving you insight. Those of us, especially Israelites, he delivered the Bible because guess what? Other nations will be judged by these same laws. He gave us insight on what we will be judged on. It's like an open book test, brothers and sisters. And what you're seeing today is just a sign that the Most High is showing. He's showing a sign in order for you to get in preparation. And the thing that I fear is that when this coronavirus operation, this military operation, blow over in a few months, that people will resume their lives like this never happened. They'll go back to their regular lives, not operating, like all of this transpired. Because this is just a beta test. This is just showing you their power. This is just showing you their reach. This is just showing you with a stroke of a pen, they can change your whole life. They have the power to do it. They're exercising that power as we speak, brothers and sisters. As we speak. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, brothers and sisters. We're going to stay in the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 6 reads, Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. We're going to read that again, brothers and sisters. Verse 6 reads, Ho, ho. Come forth and flee from the land of the north, the land of the north, North America, brothers and sisters. Flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord, for I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. Further proof that the daughter of Babylon is not ancient Babylon. Ancient Babylon is Iraq. The daughter of Babylon is America. Because all the Babylonian practices in regards to Holy Days, they're celebrating here. If you don't believe us, go purchase a book called The Two Babylons. That I believe is by Alexander Hislop. Where he showed correlation with America and all of the pagan holidays, the rituals. He showed the correlation with that. In ancient Babylon. The holidays of Babylonian brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 6 and 7 again. Ho, ho. Come forth and flee the land of the north. Saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven. Saith the Lord. Deliver thyself O Zion. That dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. So the words flee and deliver thyself imply. In imminent peril on Babylon so Zechariah 2 is a proclamation to those in America we're in a dangerous and precarious situation brothers and sisters verse 8 reads for thus saith the Lord of hosts after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you but he that touches you toucheth the apple of his eye. So Babylon itself is not destined to escape the punishment of the Most High. The Most High is prepared to reciprocate the heinous behaviors of Babylon. And especially for Negroes. Negroes complain every day about, you know, uh, the spiritual ramifications of slavery and how we're treated subpar to everyone else. And then when the Most High say, okay, we'll get out the way. Redemption is coming. Then you try to. You try to clutch and hold. Hold tight. To your captive. See. Then you want to hold on. To your captivity. The place. The home of your captivity. He said. Whoever have spoiled you. Have touched the apple of his eye. So everything that. Will transpire. Is in regards to. Or it's the reciprocation of how the nations have operated in accordance with the children of Israel. See, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 51 and nine, because I had one brother say, well, no, the most high wouldn't allow anything happen to happen to America. There's too many God fearing people in America. I'm in America. (laughs) I'm like God fearing people in America, brother, where? Show me, because maybe I'm maybe I'm not seeing clearly, brother. Because America is the place that gave you freedom of religion, freedom to wor- worship other gods. They have churches of Satan, Baphomet statues here in, what is that, Detroit. So America, judgment have al- already been pronounced, brothers and sisters. Further proof of that. Let's go to Jeremiah 51 and 9. Verse 9 reads, We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country. For her judgment reacheth under heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. Verse 10 reads, The Lord hath brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of, of the Lord our God. I'm going to read that again. Verse 9 reads. We would have healed Babylon. But she is not healed. Forsake her. And let us go everyone. Into his own country. For her judgment. reacheth unto heaven. And is lifted up. Even to the skies. So Jeremiah magnifies. The severe judgment against Babylon. And none will be able to mitigate the wrath of God because it says we would have healed her, but she's not healed. So forsake her. See, so America's retribution is a unavoidable decree from the heavens, brothers and sisters. Verse 10 is what's key, though. Let's read that again. Jeremiah 51 and 10 reads the Lord have brought forth our righteousness. Come. Come. And let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord, our God. So the destruction of America means our deliverance, brothers and sisters, the same way he had to destroy the Egyptians in the sea. Because why they were chasing us, they refused to let us go. So he had to smash them, brothers and sisters. The destruction of Babylon is the mighty work of God and an act of justice reciprocation, compensation for what they've done to the children of Israel, what they've done to the Native American Indians, what they've done to the, to the quote unquote, Hispanic Americans, for what they've done to the Negroes. See, so Jeremiah 51 is telling you, she cannot be healed. She would have been healed already. Because I hear some people saying, well, listen, America can change. America can change. Well, let's see. Let's see. According to the Bible, what can America do in order to divert or subvert the Most High's judgment in regards to her? There's only one way, and that's Ezekiel 33 and 15. Follow us there, brothers and sisters, please. Ezekiel 33 and 15 reads, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. I'm going to read that again. If the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. So in order to obtain pardon, America must make restitution. Why? Because repentance devoid of reparation is not sufficient. Where it says, give again that he had robbed. That means give the land back to the Native Americans. You have to give the land back to the Native Americans. See? See? And also, not only, you know, not only that, it says, walk in the statutes of life. So let me read that again. Ezekiel 33 and 15 reads, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. So not only. Would they have to make restitution and reparation, which means give the land back to the North American Indians, go back to Europe where you came from, right? But not only would they have to do that, you would have to implement God's laws. So that means all businesses shut down on the Sabbath, the same way you've shut down businesses now, shut down everything on the Sabbath, reverse the laws that say homosexuals can be married. No longer allowed to sell pork, crab, shrimp, lobster, squid, oyster, catfish. None of that can now be sold in your supermarkets. See? So is America going to do that? Is America going to give the land back to the natives and apologize? Is America going to implement the laws of God? Are they going to stop celebrating Christmas and Easter and stop celebrating, or excuse me, stop selling Christmas trees? See? See? So according to this text here, they would have to implement the laws of God within their federal legislation. (laughs) So you tell me, can America be healed? Will America restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, implement laws according to God's, uh, you know, God's literature? Yes or no? Would America do that? Exactly. Exactly. So there is no healing Babylon. Therefore, you must forsake her. Or receive the judgment that's coming to her, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 30. We're going to read verse 1 through 3. Isaiah 30 and 1 reads, Woe. To the rebellious children, said the Lord that take counsel, but not of me and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. So what is this speaking of? We know that America is spiritual Egypt or the house of bondage because it represents bondage. America was built on slave labor the same way Egypt was. So look at this closely. Isaiah 30 and 2 reads that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was government, brothers and sisters. And to trust in the shadow of Egypt. So it's saying our people trust more in the governments that have oppressed us than we trust in the most high God. And guess what? That level of egregious incompetence is impalatable to the most high. How do we know? Verse three. Isaiah 30 and three reads, therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. And the trust in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. Why is it saying shadow of Egypt? Because their government power is an illusion. The most high have the power, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, our people, even in times past, trusted in Pharaoh, trusted in their government and their infrastructure more than we trusted in the most high. So our inability to trust and submit to the Most High will have disastrous results, brothers and sisters. The illusion of their power is fictitious, brothers and sisters. It's fictitious. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Ezekiel 33 and 31. Ezekiel 33 and 31 reads and they come unto thee as the people cometh and they sit before thee as my people and they hear thy words, but they will not do them for their mouth. They show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. So what Ezekiel describes happens frequently, brothers and sisters. Listen to this closely. Ezekiel 33 and 31 reads, And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. See? So many people appear attentive but will not, we'll not practice what they hear. They hear the word, but pursue their own gain. That's what our people do. So they'll hear all these scriptures that the Bible have for us and then go on about their life like they never read it. Yeah, brother, yeah, we gotta do this. We gotta, you know, we gotta migrate. We gotta do it for the most high. And then as soon as they walk away, it's like a reflection in the mirror. They forget what they've seen. They forget what they've heard. So simply hearing the word isn't the same as obeying it, brothers and sisters. And that's why we said, you know, I fear that our people, when this whole lockdown, this coronavirus and all this go away in the next few months, I fear that our people will get comfortable again, ignoring all the signs that the most high has shown us through his word. The most high's word demands action, brothers and sisters. Our people hear it, but do nothing about it. And guess what? There's going to be judgment for that disobedience and that disregard, that neglect. Let's go to Amos chapter five, verse two through four. Listen, Israel. Verse two reads, the virgin of Israel is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave a hundred. And that which went forth by a hundred shall leave ten. To the house of Israel. So according to this scripture. Israel shall be decimated. Why? Because Ezekiel 33 tells us. That you'll listen to the word. But you won't act. I'm going to read verse 3 again. Listen closely. Verse 3 reads. For thus saith the Lord God. The city that went out. By a thousand shall leave a hundred. And that which went forth by a hundred shall leave 10 to the house of Israel. So only 10% will be reserved alive. The other 90% will be destroyed, brothers and sisters. That's why it says it went from a thousand to a hundred and from a hundred to ten, brothers and sisters. That's 10%. The rest will be destroyed by sword and pestilence, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse four. Amos Five and four reads, for thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, seek ye me and ye shall live. So Amos warns how devastating the coming perilous times will be, particularly for Jacob. Because Jacob will hear it, they'll read it and then ignore it and chase whatever their heart desires. Most of our people will not make it through this, brothers and sisters. Most of our people will not make it. They're going to fall. To magnify that point, let's go to Isaiah chapter one, verse nine. Isaiah one and nine reads, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom. And we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So he will only spare a portion of our nation, brothers and sisters. He's more concerned with the quality over the quantity. So for those of our people who don't want to take heed to the most high's word, we're not going to beg you and neither is the most high. You put your big boy pants on and you deal with whatever the ramifications for ignoring his instruction is. Isaiah 1 and 9 reads, except the Lord of hosts had left us, excuse me, except the Lord had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So many believe they can operate with unsubmissiveness, with impunity. Many of us believe we can do that. And the Bible's telling you only a very small remnant of us will be preserved due to our rebelliousness, brothers and sisters. He said if he didn't do this, we would all be destroyed because 90% of our people, probably more than that, are wicked, brothers and sisters. They're wicked. And they're not looking to change. They're not looking to submit to the Most High. They're not looking to acquiesce. They're looking to do whatever their heart desires. There's an unwillingness to submit. And because of that, through Jacob's trouble, what we're seeing today, you're going to be destroyed in your wickedness because the Bible tell you, what was that? Proverbs 7 and 2. Keep my commandments and live. So the flip side of that is disobey and die. So at this time, brothers and sisters, especially Israel, it's time to submit. It's time to stop making excuses. For breaking his laws? It's, it's not time to be over utilizing grace. Yeah, you have grace. But grace is used when it has to be used. A lot of our people are using grace for convenience. Unforced grace is not grace at all. That's sin. See, grace comes when you can't keep the law. Not when you choose not to. For your convenience. So we have to be very careful that we don't overdose on grace, especially during this time, because utilizing grace mean you've sinned, because if you didn't sin, you wouldn't need grace. So just using that term alone. Well, yeah, I'm under grace. You're admitting that you're sinning. A sin is still a sin, even under grace. So it's time that we tighten up, brothers and sisters, and live very narrowly, very disciplined lives because what's coming, the earth will never be the same. We're gonna to go to Proverbs chapter one, verse 24 through 28, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter one, verse 24 reads, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Mm. These verses introduce the fate of those who neglect to listen, brothers and sisters. We're going to read it again because what's going on here? Solomon is setting the stage of consequences for those who disregard the Most High's instructions. Proverbs one and twenty-four reads, "Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded." Now that's key because he's saying he's calling. So, you know, it it wouldn't be equitable for the Most High to judge us on things we haven't had an opportunity to ascertain. He's saying, I'm sending it to you. You're ignoring it. So, you know, ignorance will not be an excuse because everyone at some time and point have had an opportunity to hear the truth. Those who are dealing with obedience. (laughs) Proverbs 1 and 25 reads, But ye have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. So, brothers and sisters, truth and wisdom are not rights, they're privileges. And the Most High is under no obligation to wait for you to get serious. Our flagrant ineptitude would prove self-destructive, brothers and sisters. Self-destructive. See, Christians don't teach you this, God. The God that laugh at you, (laughs) that laugh at you. When your destruction come upon your head. When he's warned you a myriad of times. See? Don't ignore his call, brothers and sisters. Because if you continually ignore his call, when you need him, he will not answer. He's going to treat you the same way you treated him. Which he's going to ignore you. The same way you've ignored him. See, Christians don't teach this. They don't teach the fear of the Most High. They don't teach the obedience of the Most High. They teach God love you. You can do whatever you want. Just be who you are. That Look, that's Satan, brothers and sisters. Only Satan would say, do what you want to do. Um, I'll accept you anyway. What type of, I mean, <laughs> people are in a trance. It's time to wake up, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew. Chapter 16, verse 1 through 3. Verse 1 reads, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. So our people seek some abnormal, extraordinary sign before we operate properly. Brothers and sisters, they tell you, listen, you're confident in predicting the weather from the signs we see, but blind to the signs of the times. Let me read that again. Matthew 16 and one reads, the Sadducees also, excuse me, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? See, so he's telling you, listen, when you see it's cloudy outside, you say, well, you know what? I may want to, I may want to grab an umbrella today. Or when the summer comes, you say, well, listen, it's tank top and shorts today, sandals today. So you can look at the signs outside. And to determine what your. Your apparel should be for the day or the preparations you need to make. But then when it comes to these bigger signs that the Most High has placed before you, you're ignorant to that. You're ignorant to homosexuality being made legislation is a sign. You're ignorant to them claiming they're going to build a wall as a sign. We're ignorant to the fact that the war talks with Iran is a sign. We're ignorant to the fact that we're now in a state of emergency where they're shutting down a multitude of businesses. You'll ignore all those signs and expect God to split the Red Sea for you. That's going to prove troublesome for you. Because the Bible tells you without faith, it's impossible to please the Most High. I don't care how many laws you're following. If you don't have faith in what you're reading and operate off that faith... You're not pleasing the most high. You're wasting your time. So the proof that we cannot discern the signs is that we're asking for signs, brothers and sisters. There are prophecies being fulfilled that should have made it clear to us as the signs of the times. That's why we wanted to, you know, bring forth the scriptures to help make sure we're seeing with clarity, brothers and sisters, to give us some resolve. So we don't fear. We don't get caught up in the the secular hysteria, brothers and sisters. We're calm. We're cool. We're collected because we understand all these things must come to deliver the children of Israel from the hand of their oppressors. It's time to wake up Israel. We're going to go to the book of Jasher. Chapter six, we're going to read 12 through 25. We're going to give you little concepts at this time in the book of Jasher, which is a more detailed Genesis. This is during the time when Noah was building the ark and he had prophesied 120 years to all the other people to get their life right. Get your life right. There's a flood coming. The Most High is bringing a flood. It's time to get yourself right. And they ignored brothers and sisters. They ignore it until the last minute. And we're going to show you that. We're going to read Jasher 6, 12 through 25. Verse 12 of the sixth chapter in the book of Jasher reads, And still the sons of men would not return from their evil ways. And they increased the anger of the Lord at that time and did not even direct their hearts to all this. And at the end of seven days in the 600 year of the life of Noah, the waters of the flood were upon the earth and all the fountains of the deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And Noah and his household and all the living creatures that were with him came into the ark on account of the waters of the flood. And the Lord shut them in. So the Most High shut Noah in with the animals. Verse 16. And all the sons of men that were left upon the earth became exhausted through evil on account of the rain. For the waters were coming more violently upon the earth. And the animals and beasts were still surrounding the ark. So at this time, there was no such thing as rain. There was a dew. That would be on the grass in the morning, brothers and sisters, to help hydrate, um, you know, all the herbs. So they had never, they had never seen rain like this before, brothers and sisters. Jasher tell you that the earth started to crack open and water was shooting out of the center of the earth and it was coming down from the heavens, brothers and sisters. Now, most, uh, excuse me, Noah had prophesied 120 years. I'm going to jump back to chapter 6, verse 16. And all the sons of men that were left upon the earth became exhausted through evil on the count of the rain. For the waters were coming more violently upon the earth, and the animals and beasts were still surrounding the ark. And the sons of men assembled together, about 700,000 men and women. And they came unto Noah to the ark. So here now, it's raining. You got 700,000 brothers and sisters. Now they're at the ark. Verse 18 reads, And they called to Noah, saying, Open for us, that we may come to thee in the ark. And wherefore shall we die? And Noah, with a loud voice, answered them from the ark, saying, Have you not all rebelled against the Lord and said that that he does not exist? See? See? And therefore, the Lord brought upon you this evil to destroy and cut you off from the face of the earth. See? So now they want Noah to open up the ark. He's saying you was the same one saying, uh, you know, the Most High didn't exist. At least your behavior showed because we were giving you the instructions and you chose to neglect that instruction. You chose not to acquiesce. You chose not to submit. But now. Now you want to come in the ark. Let me read verse 19 again. And Noah with a loud voice answered them from the ark saying, Have you not all rebelled against the Lord and said that he does not exist? And therefore the Lord brought upon you this evil to destroy and cut you off from the face of the earth. Is not this the thing that I spoke to you of 120 years back? And you would not hearken to the voice of the Lord. And now do you desire to live upon the earth? And they said to Noah, we are ready to return to the Lord. Only open for us that we may live and not die. And Noah answered them and said, behold, now that you see the trouble of your souls, you wish to return to the Lord. Why did you not return during these hundred and twenty years? which the Lord granted you as the determined period. So he's saying, listen, I prophesied to you all. You saw me building this huge boat. You know, you called me crazy. You had 120 years, 120 years to get yourself right. And now you want to come now at the last moment, which is what our people specifically, all people do this. They try to wait to the last minute. They think that they're going to be on their deathbed and then confess Christ as their savior two minutes before they die and they're going to go to heaven. The Most High will not allow that. He will not allow you to purposely do dirt all through life and then think that you're going to, you know, make a proclamation in the last minute of your life and he's going to save you. He's not going to operate like that because you haven't changed. You're still evil. Jasher 6 and 23 reads, but now you come and tell me this on account of the troubles of your souls. Now also the Lord will not listen to you, neither will he give ear to you on this day so that you will not now succeed in your wishes. Remember, Proverbs said he will laugh at your calamity. He will mock you at your destruction. I'm going to read verse 23 again. Joshua 6 and 23 reads, but now you come and tell me this on account of the troubles of your souls. Now also the Lord will not listen to you. Neither will he give ear to you on this day so that you will not now succeed in your wishes. And the sons of men approached in order to break into the ark to come in on account of the rain for they cannot bear the rain upon them. So now they've went and got, um, you know, farming tools, hoes, and rakes, and axes. Now they're trying to break into the ark. Now, Noah's like, "Listen, I gave you 120 years, man. The Most High shut me up in here, okay? Because why? He had to shut Noah in because Noah was such a caring, forgiving person. He would have, he would have killed himself by opening up that door, brothers and sisters, to allow these these disobedient workers of iniquity to come in." How do we know? Let's read 24 again. And the sons of men approached in order to break into the ark, to come in on account of the rain, for they could not bear the rain upon them. And the Lord sent all the beasts and animals that stood around the ark, and the beasts overpowered them and drove them from that place. And every man went his way, and they again scattered themselves upon the face of the earth. So as they were trying to break into the ark, The Most High had all the animals, the sharks and everything that was on the outside of the ark attack these people and start destroying them, ripping them apart limb from limb. See, this is what Proverbs was talking about. If you ignore him, then when your calamity comes, he will not listen. See, Christians, they don't they never bring this out. They never bring out that there's a time when the Most High will reject you because you've deliberately disobeyed him. So here it is. Noah foretold a cataclysmic event, and people were still non-compliant. And guess what? This was God's plan to exterminate the evil off the earth. So there was no way he was going to allow these people who only wanted to change because they were getting ready to die, and make it to the other side of the flood. He was not going to allow it, brothers and sisters. So I really hope we take heed to this story, brothers and sisters. Don't wait to the last minute because the most high may not allow that last minute. He may some of the people, some of us, you know, who teach the truth and, and all that, you know, people think they'll be able to get in touch with us. And I hope they can. But as we see here, the most high may step in and intervene. So you can't contact the brothers and sisters or those who are out there teaching the truth. He may not allow that, no matter how much I want to help a person, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Romans chapter 13 and 11. We're going to read 11 through 13, brothers and sisters. Romans 13 and 11 reads, in that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. I need you to see this, brothers and sisters. Because Paul's mention here of sp- is a excuse me. <clears throat> Paul's mention here of a spiritual condition called sleep. And his call is for people to awaken out of it. Let's read it again. Romans thirteen and eleven reads and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. So time is of the essence, brothers and sisters. The world is changing underneath of your feet right now. The world is changing right now, brothers and sisters. And Paul is urging us to see in a spiritual metaphor that the sun is about to rise. It's time to get up. See, I'm going to read verse 12 again. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness And let us put on the armor of light. See, when he says the day is at hand, in the day you get up. At nighttime, you go to sleep, brothers and sisters. You seeing that metaphor there that Paul is utilizing? So he's telling you, listen, it's time to wake up, brothers and sisters. It's time to cast off the cares of the world. The things that you want to do. The things your carnal mind wants to do. Because Satan is going to use your carnal desires to destroy you. Let's go to first Thessalonians chapter five verse six through eight, brothers and sisters. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse six reads Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So, brothers and sisters, when a man is asleep, he's in a state of inactivity. This is what Paul is referring to. I'm going to read it again. Verse six reads, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So a man asleep is unconscious of all around him, brothers and sisters. Sleep is a time when danger may be very near without being perceived, brothers and sisters. See? So while we're asleep, the enemy is busy at work. So, this is a call to watchfulness, brothers and sisters. Believers need to be alert and self disciplined in these perilous times. Sober, with clarity, sober minded, kingdom focused, narrow living, disciplined, brothers and sisters. Because the result of neglecting that will prove to be disastrous, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 48 and 20. Go ye forth of Babylon. Flee ye from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing, declare, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. We're going to read that again. Isaiah 48 and 20 reads, Go ye forth of Babylon. Flee ye from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing. Declare ye, tell this. Utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. So with the utmost exaltation and joy, we should rejoice that our captivity is ending Israel. See, we're not migrating to operate in fear because some people say, well, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. So that's why I'm not going, brother. You are scared. That's why you're not going. We're not operating in fear. The most I told us to declare the work of his hand that he saved Jacob. So we're going to travel. We're going to migrate. To other lands and show the word of God. We're going to find the Israelites, show them who they are. We're going to point to Babylon and say that place there. The Bible said it would be destroyed for how they treated Israel. See, I really want you to examine the publication of our deliverance to the ends of the earth. I'm going to read it again. Go ye forth of Babylon. Flee ye from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing. Declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. See, when we migrate to these other countries, we're going to teach the word. We're not going to, uh, you know, live comfortably. We understand we have to be like pilgrims on the earth. So we're going to have to go from place to place like Paul did, like the disciples did. We're gonna go into this area, teach the word, the gospel. When the most high tell us to remove ourselves from that particular geographical location, we'll do just that. We'll go to the next place, teach the word. Teach what's coming. Teach the judgment on Babylon. See? That's our main focus. We're not going to other countries to be comfortable. I've heard people say, well, they don't like black people in this area, or it's too hot in that area. Listen. I don't know any place that, you know, that don't like black people more than America. And it's not based on what the weather is like and what the economy is like. We're not basing it off that we're basing it off what we're reading here. The most high gave us a declaration. He said, go and tell the earth that the fall of America was the most high friend the children of Israel. This must be your mind state, Israel. You're not fleeing because you're scared and you're looking for a cave to hide in. To magnify that point, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 1 and 2. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 1 reads, The word that the Lord spake against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Verse 2. Declare ye among the nations and publish and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Say Babylon is taken. Baal is confounded. Baal is Satan. Medrach is broken into pieces. Her idols are confounded. Her images are broken in pieces. So this is a declaration to publicize the promise of our second exodus. How do we know? Verse 2. Declare ye among the nations and publish and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Babylon is taken. See? So we're going to proclaim what great things the Most High have done for us. We have to highlight the correlation between Babylon's fall and our freedom, our deliverance. Brothers and sisters. That is a commandment. See? See? We refuse to operate in the spirit of fear. We have work to do. So I hope brothers and sisters start, you know, operating as if this is what our future is going to look like. I need brothers. We need brothers to take their studies serious. You know, go back on some of our lessons. We got hundreds of hours online. Write down the scriptures. Write down what the scriptures mean. Put it into a precept book, brothers and sisters. A little book that have all your lessons in it with the scriptures that link flawlessly. So when you go into your parents house, your, your cousin or aunt and uncle's house, when you go to other countries, you got the lessons right there because they're probably going to shut the internet down, brothers and sisters. And there's no guarantee that we'll be able to operate like this, you know, forever. They're probably going to shut the internet down and say, well, you need to get the mark of the beast to chip the RFID chip to even access the internet. So what do you do then? So I encourage brothers and sisters. Don't take this for granted. Please don't take this for granted. Write your notes down. Because this may be only th- the only thing that you have. Brothers and sisters. We have two scriptures and we're going to close out. Romans chapter 8 verse 19 reads for the earnest expect excuse me for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans eight and nineteen again reads For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. So the Bible tells you even the creatures are waiting on the children of Israel to rise. Even the creatures, the animals, the animals that are being tested with vaccines, <laughs> with pharmaceuticals, and all types of products. The animals, the crab, the shrimp, the lobster, the pigs—they're t- tired of being slaughtered and eaten. <laughs> they know if the children of Israel, you know, are in charge, there'll be plenty of crab, shrimp, and lobster. The pigs know they'll live with the children of Israel because. We're not allowed to eat you. And that's why the earth is polluted. Because all the things the Most High created to clean the earth are now delicatessens. People are eating it. Crab, shrimps, lobster, those are the cockroaches of the sea. They're meant to clean the sea floor, brothers and sisters. Pigs, they're created to clean the earth. They eat anything. And then they die inside of themselves. Why? Because they can't, they don't sweat. They don't have sweat glands, brothers and sisters. So they're the garbage disposal of the earth. And we wonder why the earth is breaking down the way it is and why there's pollution because you're eating all the garbage disposal. <laughs> you're eating all the garbage disposals, all the things the most high put on the earth to clean the earth. You're eating it. So you'll take the same things he put here to take the disease off the earth and then eat that. And then you wonder why, you know, people are walking around with all these sicknesses and diseases. Last scripture, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 33 and 6 reads, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So the wisdom and knowledge that we have obtained in this time will guide us. Your biblical training will be worth more than gold, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read that again. Isaiah 33 and 6 reads, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So wisdom and knowledge are always the best elements of stability for any people, brothers and sisters. The wisdom and knowledge is what's going to stabilize you. Understanding, okay, well, this is prophesied. This have to come. How close am I to Christ's second coming? Understanding the signs of the times. Understanding how to operate when they're having, you know, wars. Or when they're having biological chemical warfare, you know, with these viruses and diseases, brothers and sisters. The Bible has the answer to every question you have. It just takes you to know where to find them, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson, brothers and sisters, today's lesson was clarity is key, brothers and sisters, because we understood that a person can have their eyes open and still not see clearly. So there's a lot transpiring in the earth today, especially in America. Brothers and sisters. And we wanted to help bring some resolve to our people. Some peace. Some calm to our people. Understanding what the literature. The biblical literature that is. Has to say in regards to what you're seeing. Brothers and sisters. If you have any questions. Brothers and sisters. Or need help on being baptized. Or doctrine. Or any of those things. Brothers and sisters. You can email us at. Commandment Keepers, the number one, the number eight at hotmail.com. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala, sin no more.